The boys are back. I'm fucking faded. <laughs> As noted, you boys still faded. I've been sleeping like crazy ever since I got back, and I'm still tired of shit. It is what it is. But um, we're here for uh, we got some we got some discussion to talk about here. We can go from um, the small boys to the big boys. Just like let's just, let's talk world. about the most exciting class in the whole IPF. The 59 kilo men, baby. Yeah, it was it was quite the battle, wasn't it? Two lifters. Same, <laughs> same country. Head to head. Head to head, baby. Head to head. I mean, one got a world Two record, the other one, one didn't. But let, let, let's just say I do like the fact that they had two lifters and they mushed them in with the 66 kilo class, which was a good show. Um, so maybe we could talk to talk about them together. Obviously, Sergey Fedoshenko won again. My man is 38, 39, and he'll probably be winning until he's 59. Um, he won easy. It, it was never in doubt. It was never close. And it, it is what it is. Yeah. Anything more to say on that, fellas? I guess just nope. explain the reason why there's less lifters was because some lifters couldn't come due to visas and things like that. Like I messaged a lifter from Sri Lanka and they said that they're a level red for Europe. And so they were not granted the visa. So that's why it's down to just the two Russians. It's tough, man. They need somebody in there that's going to push Fedoshenko. Um, otherwise, it's just going to be the same old every year. Yeah. So I guess really, I mean, real quick. So obviously there was like, Originally, there was about 1,100 lifters lifted for this competition, Arian, something like that. I think that was including the reserves and then, yeah, trickled down yeah. to 1,000 or just below that. And then there was a, like 675 actually competed or something. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you ended up getting like 60% of the original nomination list ended up actually showing up to the meet. Um, due to, you know, a lot of countries didn't show up, that kind of stuff. So, all right, let's go. 66 men. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's hear it, right, guy. Let's hear, yeah. let's hear about your boy. I mean, uh, <laughs> cue me up. I mean, listen, um, the fact that they're having an international competition is fucking tough. And the fact that they had, they pulled this off is amazing. But yeah, let's talk about the 66s. My boy Penn showed up and showed out. And um, it was a good performance. He, he missed his first squat. All right. I mean, it, it was more, uh, he wasn't standing wrecked enough. And it wasn't, uh, you know, not totally upright, but. How high was your blood pressure when you saw he missed his first squat? Like, <laughs> like, did you feel a little vein popping? Did you like wonder what the uh, emergency number in Sweden was? Um, I, I got two one. I had a mild way, stroke. Sure. I had a mild <laughs> stroke. I started stroking out, and I started people like, "Holy shit!" Um, now I was a uh, like for real as it's progressed because when we were doing looking at the numbers and whatnot Pena was going to be around 260 262 and a half 265 maybe even on his squat he ended up finishing off with a 247 and a half that's well below what some people have expected Pena to have on his back and finish off glad kick on the other hand finished with a 255 glad kick also when he's nine for nine um and he was cruising into deadlifts not having missed a single lift. He actually cruised right to his last lift without having missed a single lift. The narrative that I was talking about on the, on the uh, commentary for this was glad kick when he's perfect. You know, he won back-to-back world titles nine for nine. He was Mr. Perfect. He lost when he started missing lifts. If, if glad kick can turn back the clock and piece together a nine for nine day, could he extend um, Pena? I was banking on Pena regardless 
but it actually looked like he's pacing for a nine for nine day. Uh, but Pennant was just too far ahead. He got pulled out of pocket for his last dead and he ended up missing. Pennant well, no, he went he went too high on his last deadlift. So he wasn't that far. I mean, they were, you know, basically Glidekick took five more kilos than he needed on his last deadlift to pull into the lead. Um, so he kind of basically was shooting on uh Penna missing his last deadlift, which he ended up doing, which you know, Glidekick would have ended up winning the championship if he made his lift. Um so how did um, Pena miss his last deadlift? Do you remember? Grip. It was a grip. So again, so if Gladkick takes a seven and a half kilo jump in his last instead of the a 12, thing, the thing is, Pena a, hold on. Sorry. But Pena could lower his dead though. I think Pena. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But five kilos less, does he still lose grip on it? That's the question there. So, I mean. Yeah. The thing is, yeah. it's tough because when you got the smaller, oh, totally. when you got the smaller dead, you're, you know, you're trying to, it's like Tony Cliff's situation where, you're trying to extend the guy pulling after you, but not overextend yourself. So then you're like, fuck, man, I think this kid might have this in him. So then you put that on the bar and then you miss anyway. So you're like, frig, um, you're pulling conceivably for the win, knowing he's going to pull after you. It's tough, man. It was tough. You're right. Like, it's you'll never know. To, for sh- Sorry, go ahead. It's a little bit hard to play out after the fact, right? Because like, if yeah. you've already won, like your mindset going into it is a little bit different. So like, you get this. And you walk away with a gold medal and you don't get this and you walk away with a silver or a bronze or something. Or like, do you do you take the same attempt? Do you drop it five kilos? Like, it's like, there's a lot of games that we could, like, what ifs that we can play out. Yeah, and of course. It's, it's super hard to know how, how it could have played out. Yeah, it looks like he had the, the weaker deadlift. He had the heavier body weight. He had the lower lot number. He had everything against him. But like, like you said, Glad King was cruising, you know, 10 and 10 kilo and five kilo jump on squat, 10 kilo, five kilo jump on bench, makes all of them. Goes 10 kilo jump on deadlift, and it didn't look particularly like super fast on a second attempt. All of a sudden, he goes 12 and a half kilos to really put the pressure on Pana, and he just missed. And so, yeah, it's just like the what if, if he had taken seven and a half or he had 10, could he have gone and then Pana loses on grip, and then you know, Glad Kick is your world champion? We'll never know. It, I'm, it, it's like Glad Kick was on. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those deals. You know, they had you, you they must have had a plan in there. Obviously, they're going to talk after the second. But that's a jump that's tough to tell if you have it in you, if I'm honest. It'd be like, do you have 12 and a half in you? That's always a tough call because 12 and a half more is going to feel way different. How did that feel? Well, pretty good, but 12 and a half is going to feel a whole lot different. Uh, they must have, here's what they had. They had a lot of respect for Penna's top end. They had a lot of respect for what they thought they needed on the bar to beat Penna. And they thought like, if we don't do this, at least Penna's going to, he'll, if you hit this, you'll overextend him. Like they just, and, and hats on, uh, Penn has put some big performances in the past before, you know, um, it, I, it was good. It was, it was, I, it was a decent battle that, um, right to the very end, right to the last, well, at least until glad kicks deadlift, it, it was a battle right into the end there afterwards. Um, Penna didn't need his last dead, but it, it's a little bit anticlimactic when that happens, but it, nonetheless, but would you guys also, there was a third individual that, it's a bit of a storyline now. Eddie's bench is gone. And is and I, I heard talk about it at the venue that the benches have changed and they don't suspect Eddie's bench is going to come back now due to this. I, didn't know what the re- I, didn't know. I was going to say, I didn't know what the reason was. I just saw that, yeah, you know, he got the conservative 187 and then he missed two benches. And at that point, he was basically out of the, out of the race. Some Somebody was explaining to me that the benches are different now in that they don't think Eddie's going to be getting these big benches like he did previously. And um, 
first so I know a lot of the, a lot of the big archers complain about the um, Elyco set and the um, ER racks and like the Rogue bench because that's um, you know thicker and stickier. Right. So hopefully they use uh, the Rogue combo rack at Bench Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but uh, so was there any surprises by you gentlemen looking at this? Like obviously, um, I think you would. Who picked Eddie? I did. <laughs> did you? Were you surprised? Was it the bench that, like, if Eddie got his bench, he would have been in? Yeah, no, he still would have been probably. Oh, I, I guess he took a huge jump on his deadlift at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, so if he hit 15 there, would have been 675. He still would have been out of it, probably. But um, actually, no, not really. But whatever. Yeah, so I mean, Eddie would have had to go in like a perfect, like, probably hit like a 210 ish bench, you know, 212, something like that to be considered into the race um which you said so i know not like to, that's he's hit that before so he's hit 220 something yeah i mean yeah but again that's probably the old benches or whatever it is so right. but i'm also surprised because like you know obviously he's a swedish lifter and has i'm assuming access to the Lyco set you know so okay. but yeah whatever at least they played the smart move and opened at 187 so he didn't bomb this time so that's good. right right <laughs> 100%. But yeah, he was comfortably in bronze, but he was never going to threaten uh, Pena. I know Pena was upset. He wanted to, um, I think he wanted a 700 kilo performance, but you know, if he, if he had gotten three squats in or whatever the hell, it looked the like the last deadlift would have given 700. The last deadlift would have, okay. Yeah. And then, and then, or if he would have got his first squat in, obviously he wouldn't have had to load the bar with as much as he did, but that's not how it goes at the world's. You know, you go to a local meet, it's a whole lot easier to do those nice round numbers, et cetera. Uh, so it kind of is what it is. But um, yeah, our boy Penna, the first French shooter. And I think he's the first French male open in the classic. No. Who who was? Sofiane Belkacia. Oh, yeah. When was this? 105 kilo in what? Uh, 2015, 2016? 15 oh, yeah. in, in Finland. Yep. It must have been, yeah, it would have been the year before I started commentary. Oh, wow. Well, hats off to him then. And a, th- and a throwback to that gentleman. How about the 74s, fellas? That what was a wild one. With that one. <laughs> it, was, it was wild. Um, Sweden's own Alexander Eriksson takes it, but it, it, it got dicey. It, it got actually straight up a little scary when Rambo from France, another French shooter, tried to make it back-to-back for Team France and came out for that big dead at the end. And we all knew he was going to cover ground in the deadlifts. We all knew he's the biggest puller of the field. We all knew if he's going to win, he's going to have to pull it out. It's going to come down to the last deadlift. And not at the top of the dead or anything like that, but came out like a man possessed is the best way I could describe it. Looking through his eyeballs, like his eyes were rolled up like the undertaker and reached down even to pull on the bar and fucking completely fainted. And when I mean fainted, I mean drop dead like like the gifts were the guys in the crowd with the sniper rifle type deal they do. And um, he was out for a hot minute. Now, he had told some of the French people in the back, he's like, my blood pressure is so through the roof and amped up for this pull. He's going to be a world champion, right? It's so through the roof, amped up for this pull that I was prolonging my walkout to calm myself down because I could feel it. He's like, this is fucking like weird, like almost like anxiety attack levels of, you know, 
So when he knelt down and grabbed, but you're, you're, you only got 60 seconds. It is what it is. When he hit that ground, he was down and out for so long. And I was live on commentary. They just panned the camera to whatever the hell away from him. And I'm still talking and I'm trying not to panic, but I'm standing up on my feet, looking over the media booth, like a desk in front of me, like there's some equipment in front of me. So I'm peering over, looking at him while trying to talk in a normal voice and, and, and be like, well, so, you know, that means so-and-so we take, and I'm trying to like, this gentleman was unconscious for like, an uncomfortable amount of time. People rushing to the platform to see him, turn him over. And I'm talking about Alexander, like it, you know, I'm, I'm talking about his win while at the same time, like, is this a, it was scary, man. It was scary. It was uncomfortable. I know you gentlemen were there live, so you might not have even noticed. And maybe my voice tone what didn't hint, but it was, we were all afterwards in the media. We were like, holy shit, brother. Got up. He did get up, was totally fine. But it was dicey, and it was a hell of a finish to, um, uh, you know, back and forth scrap between Rambo, Alexander Erickson, and Yakov. Um, what were your guys' thoughts? The other thing that I would want to point out is that uh, Alexander was uh, one for three coming out of squats and was, like, probably feeling a little on edge. You know, missed his opener, went up five kilos, which is risky in and of itself, yeah. got his second five kilos heavier, and then missed his third, which is, like, not the way that you want to start your, your run at the world championships, right? 100%. One thing that helped him, I agree. When this was getting underway and Alexander had such a spotty squat session, I thought, holy shit, Sweden's own. Um, he's like, he's going to start falling back. The thing that helped him was both Rambo and Yakov, who were his chief you know, opposition, both missed their third squats. And then Rambo moved on to miss like two of his three benches. So the fact that the other gentleman also, and then Yakov missed his um, deadlift opener. So the fact that like they also faltered helped even the playing field. And this is something that I had uh, alluded to while watching it is um, yes, Alexander's moving forward with one squat, but very rarely does your opposition also not falter they're probably going to falter somewhere and things even out. So when you start, when you miss a couple, don't get too rattled, but um, it, him missing and going up anyways, cause he misses third. It, it, like sometimes the, the juices worth the squeeze and he needed those. I mean, he needed it. Right. So um, it, I know what you mean where sometimes it's dicey and sometimes you talk to each other and you're like, are we going to stay in this? If we don't do this, are we falling out of this? What's happening? And they're like, go up five kilo anyways. Um, he actually had said, noting on that, because his elbows were touching his legs, he started squatting with his feet out more. Over two years doing this in training, he opened his width on his squat. But um, so you're always checking depth, always checking depth. But not often do you worry about elbows because you're not you're, in your mind's eye. You're not supporting. But if it looks like it is, um, appears like it is, it's a hard thing to know. You could see depth. I can't see if it if those elbows t helped. So if you in your mind's eye like they're not, you you don't think about it so much. You haven't competed since then and been called on it. So you're gonna say something, right? Yeah, I was gonna say that that's a that's a finicky rules thing because like your elbows are actually allowed to touch your knees, just not in a way that supports you. Right. Um, and personally, I cannot imagine doing a squat in which my elbows hitting my knees is actually gonna help me get out of the hole better. Um, and I've seen once or twice people get called for this, but I have never seen somebody get three red lights 
all from from every referee, which is I think what happened on his third, for exactly the same reason of his elbows supporting like supporting himself on his his, his knees with his elbows, um, just like unusual way of failing a squat. I and that's why I don't blame him. And it's funny it happened in this world as well with Joy Namani, but. Um, yeah, that's why I, I I don't blame him for during his training not overly focusing on it because he probably told himself, I'm not really supporting myself with that. It's not supportive, um, right? Like they maybe brush occasionally, but it's like it's not helping me squat. But uh, apparently the referees didn't agree this time. Right. Or, yeah, I or, wonder I wonder if it was something that was like maybe, you know, discussed at a technical meeting or something that was explained to referees, because like Ryan, like you said, there was multiple sessions where lifters were getting called all of a sudden for a yellow card and they're saying, okay, you know, their elbows are touching their thighs and using a support. And so it, it, it's tough why the referees are calling it like, well, at least to us seem more than normal, but yeah, it's a tough spot for Al- Alexander to be in, but he turned around after that. Like you said, it didn't let him get to him. He made all his lifts after that. And he did get some help with Paul and Yakov missing their third squats, Paul missing, you know, second and third bench and Yakov missing the opener deadlift. So they kind of like, gave it back to him for his two misses on squat. And then he was able to cruise to the victory. Yeah. He had a perfect day. Yeah, after that. The Swedish coaching staff are amazing as well. Uh, Oscar and Carolina. Um, and so like the Oscar's lucky mustache probably helped a little bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Joshua Wright and Jakob Unal were pretty close um, into the, the bronze medal position, just two and a half kilo each behind them. Body weight split them apart. So, I mean, it was, it was a good, scrap in the 74s taylor atwood was missed you know um throw in there another like a perkins or something would have been it would have been probably would have been a lot more like us raw national so if i'm honest it would have been a taylor atwood show but sometimes people like watching that but uh, as it were without taylor atwood man it came down right down to the last deadlift it was it was fire that was an exciting session Uh, that was an exciting session right and like i i enjoyed watching it a lot not just because uh, I picked Alexander to win, uh, but, but that helped. Yeah, I mean, first through fifth, uh, 15 kilo difference. And, you know, everyone at least tried to pull something big for a position. And it's just like, yeah, second through sixth place all missed their third attempt deadlift. They couldn't, they couldn't move up. My man Rambo went out on a shield pulling for that man. It, it, it was dramatics. Um, let's move along to the 83 kilo class. And this was obviously going to be the Russell or he show, but if we could talk about that for a second there, um, my man broke the world record on the second broke that world record on his third squat and was all types of hyped up ever. The showman walked under the bar towards the crowd started. Let's go. Let's go. Even before he hit the squat was hyping the crowd. Um, I mean, I was like being there live right on the platform there, right beside it. Anyways, you could feel like the crowd was so rallied behind Russell um, Russell could feel it. He was pacing back and forth with a smile on his face, implore like let's like imploring them to get behind him. And when he hit those world records, even if he wasn't being chased, like the place was was getting lit up. By the time the deadlifts rolled around, and uh, Russell had was like obviously got his massive lead. There wasn't going to be anybody emerging from nowhere to give him a major push. It 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 could have just ended with the only the Russell or he show, but instead. We got one of the best 83 kilo deadlift sessions we've we've seen. I mean, these guys tossed around the the world record deadlift, ending with Enna in a horo um breaking the world record in the final deadlift. But Russell had it. Um, 
who else had this thing here? Uh, Yanis had it. Obviously, Enna had it. Enna had it on his second. This thing got broken one, two, three, four times. And then within within that, even, uh, let's Christian. Yeah, Emilio came within like five kilo with it. Like, this is, it was crazy. It was, I like having the world record four times broken over. And then on the last deadlift, it's not like after Russ, people are lifting after Russell when it came to deadlifts. Like, and Russell's like one of the best talents in the world. And people are lifting after him. That just shows you like how far deep they were in the deadlifts. And when Anna came up, it's like if Anna hits this, we're gonna like this place is already popping. This place is gonna explode. Anna hitting that and the, ex- the excitement when he leaves the ground with this fist pump, like it was crazy. Man. The place was it was absolutely bonkers. And not everyone was hitting. Some people were missing while trying to pull big. It was like a back and forth. You, it can't all everyone misses or everyone hits. There has to be hits and misses, and you don't know what's up next. Now this guy's up next. Now that guy's up next. It was. It was one of the craziest deadlifts, deadlift sessions I've called um, in, in I've been doing it since 2016. It was, it was amazing. It, it, I'll never forget. You want some bad news, what? Ryan? What's up? The stream went out for about four of the last six deadlifts. So we didn't see any of it. If you're, if you're on good lift, it went out or Olympic channel, but you know, Tina was saying she was on Facebook and I guess the stream to Facebook was fine. So I don't know why I was out on oh, good okay. lift, but yeah, like they were like about to load up for Russ. And the stream just goes black. And a bunch of us are mentioning each other like, hey, did they go out for you too? It's like, <laughs> everyone's trying to watch Russ pull this little record. And we missed his and we missed Giannis. And then I believe it came back for our, for Anna Haro. Um, but interesting <laughs> interesting battle there. And imagine like Russ going to tell people like, yeah, you know, I had the world record for a minute. I ended up with the bronze medal in the deadlift. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Like to, to break a world record and end up with the bronze and deadlift. And then the, um, the other the other thing, just like aside from the actual results and stuff, an interesting thing, maybe you would feel that too because you were there, is that kid from France, Giannis, he seemed like he was having a blast out there. He was making attempts. He was like, you know, waving to the crowd and stuff like that. He goes out there, he pulls a record. He seems like a good personality like, and a star in the making. He, he straight up is like such a shy, good-hearted kid. When you talk to him, he almost has a like, holy smokes, you know, I got here pretty quickly sense to him because, um, you know, he, he was uber shy in the, in like meeting him in the hotel, but like, I, fuck, I can't imagine, man, he hasn't even been powerlifting that long for him to make it here this quickly um, and be in the midst of, of like a moment, like that was a sporting moment. And for him to be pulling like alongside guys like Russell or he and sh- like p- bouncing back and forth the record with guys like Russell or he, and then eventually Anna gets it at the end and in a dramatic fashion, um yeah man the the 83s was one of the biggest for sure um i'm gonna message and see it message eric roop and see if this thing's coming onto youtube anytime soon i think they're gonna post it up real quick anyways leave it for a stitch on olympic channel then it's all going on youtube people are gonna go bonkers again when they see it it was good what were your what were your thoughts there rory and bill uh i i have to ask i had to end it on a downer but uh what happened to russell's bench that was like 10 kilos off what i was expecting from him like uh, 187, like three for three, but 187, like he has done 195 in competition before. I was hoping to see him hit 200. Like, what's going on? I didn't ask him, I'm in. I'm not entirely sure. I didn't get word neither. Um, they might have played it somewhat conservative, just go three for three, stay fresh. If he was pressed, if there was like a Brett there, 
I mean, he got it's second place. He got silver medal in the bench press. Yeah. Bro, he shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know all his openers were lower than his nationals opener, so they're probably playing it safe. Maybe thought there was gonna be longer pauses and everything like that. And you know, just kind of cruise through on bench press and focus on Squandell. I think the the bigger maybe takeaway from this, and maybe we can discuss this more on a future podcast, is like I know Russ had that one bad nationals, but he's had these great performances now at nationals and at the past two worlds, like. He's a guy where the big stage doesn't seem to affect him. We're talking about, you know, travel is going to affect you. The judging is going to affect you. Switching from USAPL to USVI is going to affect you. A lot of lifters underperform, and Russ puts, like, this this huge performance up there. Oh, he's he's certified, man. I mean, <laughs> when he went to um, Sweden the first time, he battled Brett Gibbs. Like, he'd already battled Brett Gibbs in Calgary. But when he had to come back to beat That Brett wasn't Gibbs, a battle. No, but the, the point is, though, when he had to beat Brett Gibbs in a battle, though, um, he was going against someone who had beaten him, and he flew across the world to face somebody who had beaten him last time. That's when you knew, like, okay, he's battle-tested. My man is is certified. So when he's coming into this one, and people are like, what's going to happen with him? He'll probably be all right. Like, if he can skate through, he'll be fine. He got a massive lead on squats. You knew the strength was there. And he probably just said, let's take the foot off the gas a little bit for – for bench and let's give him a hell of a show on. I think on he shot a YouTube during when bench was going on. That's why he just he didn't go so high. He's probably signing autographs. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the question I had was, um, did you talk to Anaharo at all after the meet? Was he injured or because his numbers, his squat and bench numbers are down pretty good. I didn't ask. I I, I noticed it uh, on the stream. I didn't. I I was just like congratulations, whatever. So much going on at the end. Yeah. Um, that's a good question though. Because I maybe I might slide in his DMs and ask. He judging off of his deadlift, although his deadlift went down as well. He's pulled three fifty. Yeah. But that was um, just what he needed for the record. Right. Yeah, but it was but he celebrated darn as though, though. Yeah. He celebrated as though that was like he was like, holy shit. I, I think Joey posted something like, oh, like, you know, no one knows what you went through, but I don't know the details of what he went through. Is Joey, there, Joey he said that to Enoharo? Yeah, Joey coaches him. Uh, I'm like 95% sure he coaches him. Made some post I about that. made something like, you know, I don't know if maybe he got injured or COVID or something that affected the training that people obviously they're not going to see from the outside in, but really affected like, you know, his squad I think was down 20 kilos, bench maybe down 15 kilos, and then Delif, who knows what his top end was. I mean, to be fair, no one knows what you went through as like pretty generic motivational <laughs> speech as well, right? Like that's exactly what you say to someone when you're like, oh yeah, no one knows how tough you've had it. Like that's pretty generic. Like that could be anything. Dude, you just made me almost cry when you said that. I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hey, hey, hey. At some point we need to come back and talk about how you gave yourself a 16 to, to medal and didn't lift. Um, hey, maybe I about hey, it. hey, man. <laughs> you don't know how tough it is. All right. <laughs> Um, anything more in 83s, fellas? Or do you think that wraps it up? Oh, all, all I see on his uh, last Instagram post is that he says he wasn't injured, but he says getting a leg wound stitched, falling sick, and relocating led me to not training for three at, at all for three weeks just before the meet. Good, nice deload. He's ready to go. <laughs> and uh, your yeah, leg so stitched up sure sounds like an injury to me. <laughs> flesh <wound. laughs> and looks like he's coached by a uh, uh, will from uh flex training system so not directly by joey but maybe joey helps out will gotcha 
And then for anyone listening, uh, Yanis Buchu of France got the silver and Emilio Cody Cometti of Italy got the bronze. And um, yeah, Damian Nam and Calf, we round out the top five. Moving on to the 93s, fellas. This is the best battle, I think, of the at least at the men's side. Um, Jonathan Keiko and Gustav Hedlund went toe to toe right to the very last deadlift. Um, and Emil from Bulgaria was in the mix as well for bronze. He had to keep it tight enough that if somebody majorly dropped the ball, he could threaten, but he he wasn't gonna get to the top end like these gentlemen were. Um, Keiko whom, I mean, if people thought if he had a nine for nine day, who knows where his top end would be. And I had said, like, look at his top end could be fucking 900 range. Was a 900 range, but one thing you've got to say, Keiko showed up and pieces together. He gets the most out of, his, out of his body when he needs to and goes nine for nine, even if he's not 100%. And he needed to go nine for nine to defeat Gustav Hedlund that day. Um, and Gustav himself was pacing for a nine for nine right up until that last deadlift. And I shit you not, when he got that off the ground over his knees, the speed in which he was moving that, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, 352 and a half, um, you know, 777 pounds or whatever. It was, I thought, holy smokes, he just, he's about to pull it off in, in Sweden, no less. And uh, the bar just got away from him. I asked him, he's like, the bar for a, a brief second got away from me and my legs completely straightened to try to, too early, but I, he wasn't trying to straighten his legs. The bar got away from him and it was gone. And he's like, I have pulled 350 in the gym. I know I had 352. And the way it moved, he's like, I, I while it was moving, I was telling myself, oh, I got this, you know, you know, you know, when you pull and you're like, I don't know if I got this or you pull and you're like, I don't got this. Or, you know, when you pull, you're like, holy shit, I'm going to do this. And he said, just as that was happening, the thing got, it got away from him at the top and the knees, the knee, the legs straightened out. And he was like, well, that's a wrap, son. And the bar goes back to the ground. And that was the winning fucking deadlift. But someone had to lose. It was a fucking breathtaking battle. Went right to the last deadlift like every good battle should. Had the storylines of Keiko, two-time champion, almost didn't make it both times. Ended up getting here under strenuous circumstances. Um, his whole story shared with us on the podcast. The, you know, the good guy who everybody's going to like. You meet him. He couldn't be more fucking polite. And then there's Sweden's favorite son, you know, who, who was representing the home nation and the pride of Sweden and the crowds behind him. Um, the tall, good-looking, blonde-haired Swede who, you know, right up to the last freaking pole had it. it. It was a beautiful battle. What did you guys think? I'm glad to see Kaiko make it to the World Championships, right? Like, he was debatably the best in the world for about two years. Like, there were people who were sort of unofficially crowning him the champ and so on. Um, <laughs> but until you do it on the world stage like you're not the champ, right? Um, like no matter how good you are at home, you're not the champ until you win at the Worlds. And so I'm really like happy for him that he did it at the World Champs, right? Like he actually cemented that sort of like hypoth hypothetical championship 
um, and actually materialized it. Um, and uh, Gustav Hedlund put on a hell of a show. Um, like, I knew he was going to be a competitor, but but he he killed it. Um, so that was, yeah, that was really good. I, I, I talked to Isaac Whistler, who was handling Keiko, and I was like, um, look it. If Keiko does like an 892 and a half or, or, or even expands on that by, um, cause he's done that previously, but let's say he's, let's say he has a banner day where it's like puts five kilo on that or seven and a half kilo. And we're talking 900. If he does something like that, um, he, he's going to breeze through pretty well. But if he's going to have another day, like he did when he battled Gavin Eden for the U um, S raw Nats, he's going to have the fight of his life with Gustav because Gustav will do the exact same with him right to the very end. And Whistler, did. <laughs> he didn't look super confident. He didn't say much. Then afterwards he confided in me. He's like, we didn't think we had night hundo. Or he goes, I didn't think we were looking at night hundo day. And thank God he didn't like, it's good. Be realistic. If you actually think your lifter's not a hundred percent, you can't force it in or, load the bar to pace him for 900 just give him a fucking pep talk and he'll find his way he's going to start missing lifts and then not only miss those lifts that won't go towards his total he'll gas out by the end when you need him they did a beautiful job with Kaiko to get the most out of him stay realistic and, and adjust to the day but my god is gustav headland a gamer um and he's anyways bill what are your thoughts yeah i mean it's just importance of using a chip right i mean made, made gustav jump two and a half kilos more than he would have needed to if Keiko didn't use the chip in the bench press for the world record. Um, and it could have been the, the deal breaker, right? That little, that extra two and a half kilos. So, I mean, um, you know, good on Keiko coming out, all that travel, having to go through the USAPL stuff to get to the Virgin Islands and um, get to the competition and just perform, hit nine for nine and leave it out there and let Gustav go out there and Misses third deadlift like he usually does, so it's all right. I oh Jesus, <laughs> he's always got to slip something in there, man. I yes, I love sassy Bill though, huh? Um, but one thing I will say, I I do. I'll echo what Roy said about he in terms of Kaiko, he was the quote unquote uncrowned champ for a while, but it's not the same to get the worlds. I'm glad when he got the worlds, people now understand why the proof is in the pudding. This was no cake. It's not going to be like you had it when you at your local meet and you hit this massive total, it's going to be totally different. And this was, he lived up because Keiko is of that material, but people got to respect how different it is when you go to worlds. And it's one thing Russ told me in the back afterwards. He's like, people don't understand how different it is when you get here, all your expectations, throw them out the window and just try to win because all these numbers you hit in all these different places throw it out the window if you end up with a world record total amazing but if you don't you just win that's fucking fine believe me and um this is what some people are starting to find out just fucking win it's going to be harder than you think to win when the world's best show up uh what do you think in yeah just looking again overall at the top fours like the two bulgarians seem to like disappoint a little bit like teodoro missed a bunch of attempts and he was less than his nomination at least Emil, like, you know, made eight for nine. It was kind of there with his nomination. But, you know, that 20 kilo jump at the very end to keep up with Gustav would, I guess, made it interesting to see what Gustav would have done. But it's probably way above what he was capable of. You're just taking a shot at it. So it really came down to the, the two at the top. And I feel like, man, it's like 
Jonathan Keiko messing with us. Like we always think, oh, he's going to go for 900, man. He's going to, you know, blow it out of the water. He's going to make attempts. And it almost seems like he likes having it to be a close battle down to the very end and make everyone like freak out. Like I didn't watch it live. I watched it afterwards when I woke up and I'm like, man, like his numbers are down again. Like he's just screwing with us here. Like he wants to make it like an emotional battle that I have to watch every single attempt to the very end to see what happens. And then I watched that last attempt, like you said, I'm like, oh man, he's going to, Gustav's going to get it. And then. Locks his knees out too early. Bar goes in front of legs. Boom over Jonathan Keiko. Finally, true world champion. It was a wild one. Yeah, I mean, I do feel, I feel super good for Jonathan. He's an amazing guy. His story is pretty inspirational. And um, and he he had that moniker of being the uncrowned champ. Now he's the crown champ. I also feel bad for Gustav, but I know this kid's going to end up being a world champion again. He was, he had the junior. I know he'll be an open world champion at some point. The guy's way too talented, but if anybody was looking past Gustav after watching that battle, anybody who shows up to the 93s of Gustav's there, I don't think anybody's going to look past this kid anymore. <laughs> okay. Like it's going to be a battle. This guy's not going to be a walkover. Um, and Emil, yeah, Emil, Emil's total went down a stitch, but it's, he was loading up. He, um, you know, keep himself in position. Yeah. He wasn't going to be threatened for his, his bronze. So whatever it, that's, that's also what happens to the world. Sometimes you put yourself in position for a medal. People are like, Oh, your, your numbers, you know, your total went down pulling for medals or whatever the shit or, you know, it is what it is. I don't have to tell you gentlemen, but for people who are listening, his bronze was safe. So it made sense to put yourself in position, possibly for silver, if possible, even though you're, you're, it might be a Hail Mary pass. You're only going to Worlds once. We'll move on to 105. And this was the Anatoly show. Um, I could tell you right now when watching, when Anatoly opened up with a world record squat, I was like, okay, well, this is ambitious. But um, I, Rory shaking his head, we'll go to you first, Rory. But I was like, so he squatted. It looked like it was high to me. He got called. And then the jury at that moment, and, and not only did it look high, he unracked it and he was shaking like a leaf in a windstorm. It was like, holy smokes. It just to walk that out was the biggest fight. I mean, he was rattling and um, he hit that and it was a little high to me. And I'm thinking he walked it out. And it was heavy as shit on his back. So he cut it high, which you see often people do when they have a shaky walkout. I think we all like, oh, fuck, are they going to cut it high? Because they're, they're rattled. And then he, he got a failed squat. And we're thinking, my God, is Anatoly going to bomb out? Now, he obviously did not. And he, he, the, it, the jury overturned it. He came back, increased the weight from 345 from 343.5 to 355 and i'm like okay now he's gonna start failing and he walks it i'm like this is crazy he's going up so much i thought he was gifted the opener walks it out shaking even worse hits 355 better than his opener walks out 360 which is his third again is like this isn't going to happen hits 360 and it looked like he got better and better in terms of depth in terms of uh his his ability to hit these but my god the, the opener became a moot point whether or not it's high or not because obviously it's your high squat that goes towards your total um after that i think it became 
the Antoli Nova Pismeni show where he, he pretty much was cruising. He wasn't going to get touched. Finish off with a 937.5. It's a world record total as well as the best lifter. He bumped Russell or he off the best lifter champion champions award. I think that's what he's probably aiming for. If Ashton was there, God knows where they would have ended up if they had to go toe to toe. But, um, and then uh, obviously Emil Norland who wanted to press misses third squat, misses third bench went three for three in deads. But by that point was too far behind to press and then uh, Coco, Grand Coco from France, taking the bronze medal. This kid is strong as hell, born in 2000, and uh, ended off with an 895, which is a junior world record. And uh, I think he's definitely opened up as a kid to watch in the future because this kid is crazy strong and made huge gains. And I think he's part of the Pennell crew. He certainly was with Pennell all week anyways. He's part of the silent worker brand. But so I think it's like it's like Penna's best friend. Is he okay? He but he doesn't get coached by him. Well, you hurt my feelings when you said he's his best friend. But well, that's fine. <laughs> Remember um, the stories about um, Penna being having to be like dragged out of the tub and like call the call the ambulance stuff like that or whatever yeah. it was. That was this kid who was, was helping it? him cut weight. Yeah. God bless. Well, he, he saved he saved uh, Penna, but um, <laughs> he took a bronze medal, man, and he's still a junior. Took a bronze medal to open with some sharks and broke some records. Um, Rory, you were shaking your head. Talk to me. Uh, my heart rate was so high watching Anatoly squat. Um, like, uh, like I, I thought he was going to win. I wanted him to win. That opening squat looked high to me as well. Um, I think I had the same angle as, as, as you, Ryan. I think we saw the same, the same version of that squat. Um, he was shaky. He, like, I thought he cut it high. Two red lights. And I was like, oh, no, he's going to bomb. Um, same. Yes. <laughs> got, it, got it overturned. Um went up 11 kilos and i was like there's no way he makes this like they're like this is just over right like he's gonna go one for three on squats he's gonna fail a bunch of deadlifts and emil is gonna snipe him um and it was better and then he went up again and i was like okay 360 like this is ridiculous dude can't even stand up straight with that on his back um and it was the only one he got three whites on like somehow he's got he went two white two reds one red zero reds on his three squats like in order and i'm like fuck are we watching happen right now he was warming up he yeah, literally looked uh, like an equipped, so, he looked like an equipped lifter right where you have like you're walking out with all the gear on and like it's much more than you're normally ready for but you know the gear actually helps you this is like somehow this guy is like body is melting down and he just squats it raw you're like what, what is happening right now? when he was walking out for this opener which is a world record and shaking like that I was like, oh my goodness, this is, I've seen him like lift, man. We, we've called him before and it was like, I've never seen him like this. And when he squatted it high, I was like, oh my God, he's not going to get a squatted. And then he got heavier and heavier and his squats got deeper and better. The, the, the walkout was always shaky. <laughs> but more weight like, to help him get down. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we need to check underneath the singlet. <laughs> Dude, I, it, it was crazy. And then I was thinking, he's got to be gassed by the time he gets the bench and deadlifts, but ended up with a 937 and a half total. His best total at 105, only his third total at 105. Um, he weighed in light. Uh, what did he weigh in at? Yeah, 102 in a bit. I mean, the guy, <laughs> when he fills out 105 and, and he's had like four, five, six, seven meets under him, my God, who knows what the top end is on this guy? Because his nervous system is not human. 
Uh, he actually reminded me a little bit of Kelly Branson. I don't know if you guys remember Kelly Branson. We don't talk about him very much because he failed the drug test. Um, but uh, he used to he used to shake like a motherfucker when he squatted. Um, and he would walk out and he would you know he would be shuddering on every squat. Um, and uh, and then when they would look amazing when he actually squatted them, but he just like couldn't get them out properly. Um, watching uh, watching Anatoly squat um, this session actually reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, his nervous system was firing. I was going to say, it reminded me of, um, it was at least one of Ashton's training sessions going into nationals. It may have been more than this, like 360 or 365. And he was walking it out all shaky. He went down like, you know, two inches and came back up and racked it and just said like, you know, he wasn't, I don't know, just wasn't in control of the weight. And I guess, you know, then he came back and set up again and, and executed it. And I guess it could be potentially that like these two guys, Ashton and Anatoly are at such a high level on squat for that kind of body weight. They're at like the limits of what that body can handle. Plus, you know, that bar sometimes with that kind of weight, even if, if it is rated for a lot more on their body and stuff like that can move them a lot more. And so it's just, it's shaky for them to walk out and get set up and everything like that. But once they're able to go down the squat and like brace and stay tighter, maybe they can execute it better. And he was able to, you know, stand up with it. It was yeah, two, two things for me. Like it's ballsy to open up with a world record. Yeah. Right. Cause you're going to be extra scrutinized by the referees normally. Right. I mean, it's not supposed to be that way, but it for sure is. And the second thing is I've never seen a, or I can't remember a world record attempt getting overturned good from bad before by the jury. I mean, I, I now off the top of my head, I can't think of that ever happening before. I've seen it the other way around plenty of times, but that's, um, a very odd thing to happen. <laughs> it, and I'm glad that his other squats ended up being um, controversy, controversy free. Any, any drop lower. And um, you know, his last squat was probably his best squat. And so it became a moot point, but uh, so the world records, right. And his squat going towards the totals, correct, etc. But yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy, but Anatoly put on a hell of a show. I mean, watching this guy develop as one of five is going to be fun. It, it, I initially when it went up to 105, I was like, really? That's like, are you big enough or were you going to end up? But now it's like, my God, keep going, young man. I mean, his, his <laughs> 105 total, um, not for nothing, obviously, would have ended up winning the 120s, which maybe is a segue to the 120s here, um, which is a bit of a shake up here. Well, let's just say real quick before sure. we go, Anatolia just, you know, he went from winning the 93s and 2019 to now winning the 105s in 2021. So, I mean, that's pretty damn impressive. Oh, yeah. For a lifter to do that. Oh, yeah. And, and, and again, whenever you, whenever you t- out total the weight class above you, like Anatoly, and then you could, you're right. So then next year he's going to win the 120. He saying, could, so. he conceivably, <laughs> he could have won this year. But you know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, he's that's not totally... three, he's got to put on three kilos of body weight somehow. <laughs> Yeah, he would have to fight to get that. I mean, it's not totally fair because obviously the gentleman would have adjusted their day depending on what they're facing. But um, I'm just saying in terms of talent, giving kudos to where Anatoly is. He won best lifter, champion of champions. Next year, who knows what he's going to be. I I think he's probably going to stay 105 for another year. Uh, Maybe him and Ashton finally clash. Maybe that never happens. Um, He's still got to fill out 105. I mean, let's see what, you know, but I mean, dude's only 24, right? Like if he looks after himself, he's got, is he only 24 years to go? Yeah, man. In 96, he was born him and him and Emil are the same age. That's freaking insane. 
Anatoly is an absolute madman. Yeah, so Anatoly has been in the open division all his junior years, where like Emil ended up winning the you know 105 juniors in like um, Canada, whatever it was, and even last year or last time in Sweden. 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 But Anatoly was like, you know, I was going to go win the open. I remember Anatoly being in the open when he's 21 in Belarus. Yeah, Belarus. Yeah. Yeah, and he was. He should have won that one too. He was the number one nomination, but uh, I can't remember. Yeah, he didn't. He came in like four. LS won that one. Yeah, he he was number one nomination though. I can't remember exactly what happened with his performance, but he came in. But anyways, moot point. My man developed well. Um, you guys ready for the one twenties? You're not. I am not, sir. So, Jank Kochak, I had spoke with him leading into. And he mentioned um, he had been dealing with some injuries. And I said, how bad? And he said, uh, I've had like, I think he had like one or two squat sessions in the past, like, like six to eight weeks. And I'm like, say less, like, good luck, say less. And that rattled me. So the possibilities of, of Jan Kochak winning obviously greatly diminished um, is a bit of a, apparently when he went to the warm room, he didn't warm up super a lot. Um, who knows what the situation is there? Tony Cliff rose to the clay. Oh, Tony Cliff rose to the occasion, um, and he got a nine fifteen. I mean, his total obviously went down, but he had solidified himself as a silver medalist. But really, the big talk of the town was um, Konstantin Musayev, who went nine for nine with a nine twenty seven and a half total. And, um, you know, had a banner day, like just absolutely was crushing. I remember talking to the Brits back in the warm up room. I think it was after either squats or bench. And I was like, are you guys worried about what Kochak might be able to load up on deads or what do you think is going to happen? They're like, we're looking right at Constantine, man. Constantine is, is, is a killer and um, he hasn't missing. They're loading the bar exactly what they need to get out of him to get the best day possible out of him. And he ended up going nine for nine. They're like, if he goes nine for nine, it's going to be tough. And it was tough. Uh, I also want to say um, Bryce Krawcheck of Canada, taking the deadlift world record in his second and then pulling in his third to bump Kochak off the, off the podium. It was gutsy. It was dramatic. Um, he brought some heat as well. He finished off the podium, but breaking a world record always gets everybody rallied in the crowd and then pulling for a medal in your last dead, you know, possibly bumping off the number one nomination like that. It was watching it live. It was a hell of a show. Um, so what were your thoughts there, Bill Rory? My thoughts were watching it. You kept saying, who would have saw this coming? Who would have saw this coming? When literally one of your good buddies on the preview show told you exactly what was going to happen, basically. Did I and you didn't say listen that? To me or believe. <laughs> jo- Joe Whiteley was saying it too. Oh, we would never saw this coming. And you're like, yeah. Bill's feet. Yeah, but no, it was, I mean. Musayev basically like it, it was reminiscent of like glad kick of a few years ago and like of um angelina um in 2019 in sweden where she basically just cruised to these like nice nine for nine attempts just like everything was pretty handily you know done like who knows what else is there kind of thing and just was just a, a masterful performance and dude is legit and he's the the class of he's the class of that class for sure going forward because he's young too I mean, he's a 97 guy, so I mean, he's 24 years old, for God's sakes. It's, yeah, it's so, insane. Uh, yeah. Were the, and were the other gentlemen faltered, uh, Tony missing all of his thirds, 
um, Kochak only got one in on all three events, like one squat, one bench, one dead. And the fact that he got a 900 kilo total on podium like that is crazy, but he's a bit of a wild man. We'll see what happens, but um, he, he just never faltered. Yeah. I mean, Tony Cliff missing that third squat. I mean, I actually thought it was, it looked good on the the live stream to me, but um, you know, losing that seven kilos there kind of really ended up hurting him at the end because he has to end up pulling more than he thought he needed for the win kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it was, it was a really good battle. It was really enjoyable just seeing like the different sides of it, right? Like you had Mr. You know, you know, nine for nine, then Tony misses all of his thirds and Kochak misses all of his second and thirds. And then you have, you know, Bryce kind of like, you know, chilling along. Then all of a sudden here comes the deadlift kind of thing. So it was really cool to see all aspects of lifting on one session kind of thing. Right. It was like four different approaches um, you know, PR, ER, or yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I told people in this, um, like Bryce, with regards to Bryce, I was like during the live stream, he's not in it on squats. He wasn't in it on bench, but I'm like, he is such a big puller. I don't, I don't, I don't remember exactly who it was in the rankings, but it was like way down the rankings. And as soon as deadlift started, he covered so much ground so quickly. He is literally that Instagram meme of the guy who's the, you're in second place and um, the deadlifter pulls out of nowhere. And uh, Rory, you could just say that you got to leave soon. <laughs> I always, you know what? I always stutter when you give us one of those chat messages. I'm like, what the fuck? I gotta, I can't do this both at once. But um, he came from nowhere for that. Rory, what was your impression of the one twice? I have to admit, this is, this is the only session I haven't watched yet. I uh, like, this was the middle of the night, my time. I woke up and I looked and I was like, oh, time to see how much Jank won by. Um, <laughs> I looked at the results and was like, God, not what I expected to see, I have to say. Um, so I haven't watched this. I'm actually going to go back and I'm going to watch uh, Arian's uh, video if it's on YouTube. Um, and uh, yeah, so I haven't, I haven't seen this one yet, unfortunately. Arian, what were you thinking, Playboy? Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely interesting. You know, I didn't know about the injuries, and I was like, okay, you know, Jank makes weight. You know, I told you about the injuries. He posted it on his damn Instagram. No, he says, but I'm no, hurt. but he, he, uh, I asked him. So I was, know, but he literally said, I like two months ago, I'm hurt. Jank, I'm I haven't seen the, the post I've seen from him were from like at least a year ago or more. Right, right. He posted something in his stories. I told you guys uh, about that. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. I, I double checked, and and it got worse. Though he actually accumulated a couple new ones, which was. It wasn't you, good. You you had mentioned a uh was it a quad thing, Bill, like months ago? Something like I forget what he ended up posting. Yeah, I remember yeah. that, but I mean like I, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I didn't know anything like recent going into this. And I'm looking at the openers, I'm like, okay, the openers look normal, and he made weight and everything like that. But the opening squat, he gets called for like soft knees, I believe it was, and then he has to come back and retake it. The third one he gets called for depth, they go to the jury, they try and get overturned, it doesn't, and you're like, man, th- this is a bad start now. But you're like, you know, at least he got his, at least he got his opening weight, 320 in. And, you know, Tony misses one. And then Bench, it was just like on that second and third, he just tries to push off the chest a little bit and then just drops it straight down to his chest. Like he had like no power, no fight. And you're like, this is a rough day. But the thing is, he had such a big deadlift and such big openers that the whole time you're like, hey, maybe he can still pull off first. Maybe he can still pull off second. Even at that very end, before uh, Musayev took his third deadlift, uh, Jank still had a possibility of, you know, getting 20 more kilos from first to third deadlift and moving up to 920 and being, you know, beating uh, Musayev on uh, body weight before he has to do his third. 
And then, you know, Musayev gets his third. So at that point, Jank can't get first. So he can still get second. And he misses it. And then you're like, oh, man, now Bryce is going to backdoor him. He's going to be off the podium. This guy's going to have a 40-kilo lead going into Worlds. And he's going to be off the podium. And Bryce was one inch or less from getting those shoulders back and getting the bronze. And he just couldn't lock it out. So definitely a really good battle. And and it just seeing Sank come off the platform each of those temps. He just seemed like miserable. He was like disappointed with the calls, disappointed with his strength. He didn't want to be there, even though he had a shot every single time. He, he was just like, you know, the injuries, I guess, must have been too bad. And he was just like, you know, maybe not in the right mood coming in and then getting the referees to call him on the first and third squad. It's just like he was out of it. And yeah, Musev just kind of cruises. It looks like it's his first IPF world as well. He had only done uh, Russian meets and then Europeans. So this is his first IPF World Championship, and he gets the no, world title. No, he was the junior world champ um, last time in Sweden. No, it's not listed on uh, Open you're thinking, IPF. You're thinking Kochak. He's thinking Musayev. Yeah. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. same for, for Konstantin Musayev. He did a Europeans in 2019, got bronze, and this is his first IPF World Championships, and he gets the uh, gold medal. Yeah, it was um... – you summed that up really well there. That's exactly, uh, I was trying to rethink how this battle ended. It really was that. And even though Kochak is such a freaking monster that even though he wasn't having a good day and you, you like, you know, when you're in some place injured in a couple calls, don't go your way. And you're like, fuck, I really could have used those calls. And now, now you really have a lot of negativity. And, um, so if you had a bad cut, cause he was cutting and then you're, you're not a hundred percent and you might have, you probably had some pain. And then a couple close calls don't go your way. I'm sure he was having a really fucking miserable day. And then, so by the time you get the deads, he was, he didn't even, the fact he was still dangerous at the end, like it's true. If he would have got that one dead, he would have quickly moved into a potential gold situation. It's like, oh my God, can he actually pull this off? Even <laughs> though he's, he's that roughed up. And even though it's like, you know, having the day that he's having it, he's got the world of potential. Let's see what ends up happening with this kid. But um, yeah, Musayev as well, though. Musayev isn't going nowhere. You know, he's he's pacing himself well. He's young as hell. Um, and then you got the veteran Tony Cliff. It was a good showing. And I'm glad Bryce was in there to make it spicy at the end and threaten, if nothing else, and make it take a world record. Um, I found the post, by the way, that it said in July, he said he had tore his abduct. And then, um, so then after that, even closer he had a he had another pretty bad one uh that he didn't talk about that he kept more under wraps he just stopped posting that's always a bad sign if he previously was posting like crazy he stopped posting and sometimes when you get injured um you're trying to do no news because you're not trying to tell everyone you're super injured but you're like it's kind of well, what's going on over there it wasn't great um i'm sure he was crazy disappointed but he's young as hell and he'll be back well he's now since he raced every single post on his instagram now too so he's really mad apparently. he's pissed but dog he he's he's man you know yeah he's he's upset it is yeah. what it is but him and musayev will have some battles to come and, and throw anatoly in there if he ends up moving to 120 and 120 will be absolute stacked rory how much time you got left kind love got about five minutes okay 120 plus. Um, let me get your 120 pluses then. Let me get your impression. You lead. Yeah, so I wa- I have to eat some humble crow because I said that the thing that would likely stop Jesus Olivares from like winning uh, was his execution. And dude went eight for nine and he actually executed. Um, so I'm really happy about that. Like, like I said from the beginning, I did think he was going to win. 
but I thought he was going to be losing squats on death. I, I thought he was going to be, you know, losing bench presses on lockout and deadlifts on lockout and like all sorts. Um, and that didn't happen. Um, so like, I'm, I'm really happy to see that. I, I'm happy to see a dude executing. I believe that's only his fifth powerlifting meet. At least it's the only the that's fifth crazy. one on open IPF. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm super impressed with how he executed, like given all of the stuff that we've talked about. Um, and I want to see him and Ray go head to head when both of them are healthy one day. 100%. Um, yeah, well, they're in different federations now. So Ray's in the USAPL and well, we'll uh, Jesus is in the USAPL. Here we go. So. <laughs> I'm just saying. So it's we'll not going to happen anytime soon. Um, but Jesus, yeah, 100%. He, he nailed all three squats. Uh, broke a junior world record. What he's doing, the fact he's a junior doing is doing is insane. Nailed all three benches, broke a junior world record. Uh, he's benching 252 and a half, like a 550 pound. It's insane. Um, missed his last deadlift only, but ended off with a 1045, which is obviously a junior world record. It's crazy. This kid's still a junior. The type of pressure, like we, we've already gone through what it's like to go to the world championships. And he had like Eric Willis, former world champion, uh, David Lupak, former world champion, Konavala, former world champion, multiple-time world champion, good world games. I realized Konavala had a terrible day, and he was super upset with himself, but nobody knew that going in. The pressure you have, I, I, I said on the, on the commentary, you know, walking around that warm-up room is like walking around a fucking Hall of Fame gathering where you have all these world champions. Every time you walk by a warm-up platform back there, you're walking by a world champion and you're walking by like a coaching staff that helped make these people become world champions. They're not afraid. And that's the opposition. This kid faced in his fifth powerlifting meet international travel, the whole line hats fucking off to this kid, you know, and I talked to him afterwards and before the kids, not braggadocious or like so humble. It's like, you know, he's, he couldn't be a nicer guy. Um, so he showed up and he's, it's a major coming out party for him. He's definitely a star to look for. And I'm not sure where he's going to end up going, but he's done it. U.S. Nationals. Now he's done it at IPF Worlds and he's done it at a super crazy young age. Also hats off to Eric Willis, Canada, uh, the 120 world champion moving up to 120 plus. Uh, he's 120 world champion, 2018, taking the silver medal in a pretty stacked class on body weight. Um, Vovk of the Ukraine taking the bronze. Rico Martin Rubin. Oh my God. When this guy hits the platform, is it a show? This is a monster of a man. They have him listed at 200 kilo, even only because the uh, scales tapped out and said, my friend, you win today. Okay. I don't know where you're at. You fucking, you, this is your first win. I don't know where you're going to, I don't know where you're going to end up in the standings, but this is your first W. I was going to say, wait, when you're in the 120 plus, there's an initial battle. And he won that initial battle, 200 kilo weigh-in. <laughs> he won that fucking battle, buddy. <laughs> and um, he is insanely entertaining. His his 363, 375, and 380 squats when he hits the platform and he freaking roars like a goddamn lion, like a giant, uh, benching 260. <laughs> like He was an absolute monster. Um, can't wait to see him at, uh, later on at the Europeans. But, uh, yeah, it was good. Um, how about and, – and, Rory, do you have to leave right now? Pretty much. I do want to point out that other than other than Rico Martin, uh, Ruben, um, on average, these guys are actually a little bit lighter than previous years. I think in previous years, we've seen a lot of the super heavies in the sort of 170 to 190 range. Um, and this year, a lot of them seem to be in the sort of 
150 or even 160s. Um, so like they actually are a little lighter on this year on average, which, which I think is interesting to note. Um, I wonder if the longevity is starting to get to a few people. Um, yeah, but unfortunately I do have to run uh, as I have a day job. Okay, sir. But uh, uh, Bill, if uh, Ryan brings up the fantasy powerlifting at all, can you just like rub the fact that I kicked his ass in it a little bit, please? Um, of course I will. Uh, uh, I'll that. eat my humble <laughs> pie. Yeah, everybody <laughs> wins. Every everybody gets lucky every now and then. Thanks, champ. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think the, cool, the cool thing about this class, real quick, when Jesus is that like he took the junior world record from Luke Richardson and Pavlo basically were both like at that 10, 10 or 10, 10.5, whatever it was. Yeah. Like those guys have gone on to become like these strength sports, like not, I don't want to say mega stars yet, but they're on their way to becoming these mega stars in the, um, you know, strongman uh, circuit, you know, yeah. Luke Richardson being the European champion two years ago, Pavlo, you know, being in the, the world's uh, the deadlift championships and all that stuff. So like, you know, the sky's the limit for this kid. If he, you know, if he's staying with powerlifting, he's going towards strongman, whatever it is, like he obviously um, has that static strength to really um, go forward in a, a sport like strongman possibly, which would be pretty cool. And, and, and even as, like you said, as a barometer of strength, if you want to take a look at the guys that he took the record from, uh, yeah, Luke Richardson was one Europe's strongest man as a fucking he still would have been a junior, I believe. Like he was, you know, he's a, it was like the year after, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's a very special talent. So that's the type of company that, that um, Jesus keeps. And, but if Ray comes back, if he comes back a hundred percent, Jesus might be ready for, him. you know, we'll have to see Ray at worlds and, you know, who knows if, if they're, yeah, exactly. We, we have different feds and whatnot, but we'll have to see, we'll have to see how it all, it all shakes up. Maybe they end up in the same fed and we do see this clash. Um, what was your guys' thoughts on uh, Eric Willis or kind of all of that? That was it was crazy how what happened, how we got one squad in, one bench in, one dead in, you know. Um, Lou David Lupak as well. And like, there, you know, there's it was a little untidy, yeah, yeah. Not not sure what happened with David Lupak with the yeah, disappointing day, Kanavalov. Uh, yeah, not sure what happened, like why he would come to the classic side unless he got like injured right beforehand. Like, if you knew your numbers were going to be down and your focus is on open worlds, why would you come? So maybe he had an injury going in, which is now could potentially be an issue going into open worlds next month because he needs to be top three in order to get the automatic invite to world games. So we'll see what, what the issue is there. Um, like you mentioned, Ruben Rico Martin came out of nowhere, comes out hot, silver medal in the squat, and he was close down to that final deadlift to get the podium. He could have potentially gotten as high as silver, and, you know, he just didn't execute. And then, you know, Eric Willis made his deadlift anyways in order to get the silver medal. So, the, you know, great on Eric Willis. He just did whatever he needed to hold on to second since he wasn't within reach of first. Uh, Jesus came out there and did his thing. You know, I think it was a two and a half kilo PR on the squat, world record. Two and a half kilo PR on the bench, world record. And then from there, the deadlift was a little high for, for my liking. And I was like, that this is the title right here. He gets the opener. He wins. He misses the opener on grip and he's in some trouble. Gets the opener, he has the win, and he goes from there. And that third one was close. It was just couldn't get the shoulders back and his grip was giving out at that point. Um, Rory mentioned the body weight, which is interesting because I didn't notice that. Like, I think uh, Ray's first world, he was around 160 kilos. And from there, he was just going up 
And, you know, Jezza was a heavier uh, super. Kelly Brandt was trying to chase him. And now you have this mix of guys where, you know, Eric Willis was 135. He used to be a 120. Uh, Dimitro was 141. And so, you know, all these guys are a little bit lighter. And the other thing I noticed, too, is they, there's some monster benches there. For when I remember, like, when Ray kind of started, he was, like, 225 to 235 bench towards the end, 235 to 245 bench. You know, if, if it was a big bench, it was, like, uh, Kelly Brand or Jezza or maybe that guy from Algeria, Ilias. Now it's like he's just his 252.5 and he doesn't even get a medal for bench press. Like, yeah. sorry, <laughs> sorry, you're out. Eric Willis gets 257.5, which used to be more than a world record, I believe, um, back when Matt Bowler did it from uh, USAPL. And so then Demetrio just has to go 260. And both of them look like they had more in them. And so there's some monster benches now in this weight class and at those lighter body weights too. So it's interesting that they're not just like, you know, big squatters. I think kind of I love there must have been an injury or something. When I seen him at the venue, I think it was a day or two before, um, he did he was not in the greatest of moods. And he was on the podcast and I talked to him briefly, but the impression I was like, that this guy's not overly cheerful right now. And on the podcast, he was quite a bit different. Um, so who you I, I mean, I didn't know what was going on there. I just thought hey, maybe he's a little stressed, shit happens, maybe it's just not a good time. But um, then when this happens, you're kind of like, he might have actually been not in the greatest of moods because he knows what he's facing. We've all been there where, like, you make a big trip, get there, and like, fuck, this isn't going to happen. And you just show up, and you're like, fuck, this is going to be a tough day. There's no worse feeling in the world. I got a feeling you probably knew it was going to be tough. Um, so it kind of is what it is. Uh, David Lupak, I'm not sure what the story there is. Um, I know Steve Ringu, uh, I think he had also been – facing some ailments as well. I think previously in Sweden, he won a bronze medal in the deadlift position uh, in a deadlift event, but um, he battled it out. I mean, he adjusted, so we kind of knew. So uh, team Belgium battled it out and like kind of uh, got the most out of him that they could. But um, yeah, Rico Martin fucking put on a hell of a show. And I, I talked to him afterwards and he thought he had more in the tank and this wasn't a great showing for him. And he can't wait until Europeans rolls around where he's going to go 100 and, uh, and show what he's capable of. So who knows what's going to happen? There's some extremely large gentlemen. And when you're this big, if you're around the 950 range, getting to a, you know, a 50 kilo jump percentage wise, isn't crazy to get to the nice round thousand kilo um, when you're already like that high up and you're, you know, but I think Jesus in terms of his age and where he's at and the show he put on, he was never going to be more vulnerable than he is now in his fifth only meet at the world's. If you're not beating him now, it's going to take an extraordinary talent to catch up to him. So, uh, I don't know. He's going to be a tough proposition. It could, we could see another, it's a little early to say, I know, but we could see another dynasty situation. If I don't know if the heavyweights are just like that. Well, I, I don't know. What's your theory on this bill or heavyweights? just going yeah, to be I mean, a dynasty. Well, that's the kind of thing where we say this all the time, right? We're like we see this new, hot up and comer come on and obviously he, you know, crushes it, wins worlds. And then, you know, like, so like, like, like Danny, Danny Mello, right. It was like, oh, she's never going to be beaten. She's going to be going on for 10 years plus whatever. And then two years later, you know, Amanda pops up and now Amanda's the one that can't be beaten. Right. And then, you know, so yes, right now he's in a good position where there's no one even close to him in the, in an IPF affiliate that's not suspended. 
So <laughs> right now he looks good. Um, but yeah, who, who knows who pops up or who comes back over or who pops up from the 120s and blows up. And, you know, I mean, because again, like, you know, Eric and Dimitri, the um, Dimitro, the two and three seed were both 120s in the two years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys are popping up and they're turning into, you know, superstars in this um, category. So, again, just looking over here, I mean, yeah, who, I mean, I, yeah, who knows? Dennis Cornelius is like decides, hey, fuck it, let's go. I'm going to go yeah. full send on 150 kilos body weight and he's squatting four plus and benching three plus and, dead, you know, like, yeah, who knows? I, I mean, I, I, yeah, <laughs> we don't know for sure, but I don't think he's going to be. No, no, I'm just he's using an example because he's a freak. No, but like, I'm actually agreeing with you, though. I think I don't yeah. think he's staying 120. I think he is going to go 120 plus. So, right, but he's in the USAPL and suspended, so it doesn't matter. So. Oh, I think he might stay more moderate too. Like maybe you, you know, 140 he won't go like more than that. <laughs> oh, he ain't coming. No, he's not coming in. I, oh, I thought yeah. I thought Ryan was saying the dynasty is that US lifters always win the the heavyweights. You know, well, if you, Jezza would beg to differ, sir. Well, that was one time, but like for the most part, if you go 120 plus, you know, you got Ray Williams on the raw side and before that Blaine, and on the equipped side, you have Blaine and Brad, even, Brad Gillingham. Even then, Joe Capolino has done well as well on the equip side. Yeah, before that, you had Brad Gillingham, you had Brian Siders on the women's side. Bonica dominates Raw. And but Konovalov won a lot of titles too, though. To be fair, in the quip, Blaine still's got the world record total. <laughs> but Konovalov won more face head-to-head matchups uh, when and then they faced each other like four times or whatever. I I, I mean, look at Blaine's. Yeah, amazing. They're all there's a history of American heavyweights for sure. I don't know. Maybe it's just the world's a big place. So you never freaking know. I mean, there's, there's always, the thing is there's fewer gentlemen walking around that size. Um, so that's why I think it's more prone to a dynasty because you're not going to find as many um, people that size to just rise up or come out of nowhere. Whereas um, so I, that's why I think it's a little tougher and uh, for, so that's why, yeah, I don't know. But then again, Jesus came kind of out of nowhere, huh? five yeah. competitions later so yeah and let's not forget you know 120 pluses had 16 lifters 59s had two <laughs> 66s had five 120 plus actually this time was one of the most uh most athletes and it looks like it was the third most for the men's side and they had they had like they had some big names they had some like some quality resumes there um and even though some of those individuals they didn't have the greatest of days Jesus was going in there with some like that's got to be a little bit unnerving for a guy who's only had five competitions. And kind of, I was like, that's funny. I have five world titles, <laughs> you know. Like, I don't know if he's got five, maybe it's only four, but it's like, you know, I've you've been, I've won as many titles as you've been competing. Like, this is it's it's pretty nuts to think about it that way. Um, also, Anatoly would have got fifth place in the super heavyweights, by the way. No shit. <laughs> but, but see, that also shows like it's a little bit more competitive. It's not like some of the other weight classes where the champion would have won one or two weight classes above. Like, you know, obviously it's, um, you know, a little bit more difficult to see how they would place. But Antoli and Konstantin Musayev wouldn't have been as high in the supers. Well, yeah. Well, well Eric Willis would have beat both of them. Uh, or, or take even a step below that. Um, the third place bronze medalist would have beat them all as well. Hmm. So even the bronze medalist had the biggest, which is good to your point. It's good that the, the super heavies were strong 
Um, even if some of the big names coming in, former world champions didn't have the day they wanted, other people stepped up. Well, Eric Willis was one of the former world champions, and he certainly had a, a good day. Um, so, yeah, the, the strongest of the strong showed up for the 120 pluses. All in all, fellas, the men's side with the IPF Worlds was was decent. We had some great moments with, um, I think, the 66s was a decent enough battle that came down to Glykick's last, last deadlift anyways. And we saw some Pena signature grinders. And, uh, you know, especially on that bench press, my God, this guy can grind on a bench. Not many people can grind on a bench. Pena could probably fucking grind on a calf race. Yeah. It's insane, this guy's grinding ability. 74s didn't have Taylor Highwood, but a beautiful battle. 83s was the Russell Orhees show as well, as well as an all-time great deadlift battle. 93s, we had um, Gustav Hedlund and Keiko with an absolutely right down to the last deadlift battle. 105s, Anatoly set the world on notice that he's here, and now he's the guy to beat. 120s, obviously we had Musayev with the perfect day, and then the 120 plus is a star merges with Jesus Oliveris. There it is. Four out of eight came down to the someone pulling for the win at the end. Can't ask for better. It's pretty good. Can't ask for better than that. Fireworks right to the end. And that'll wrap up the men's recap. And make sure you come back for the women's.